MLM Nation, episode 608. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, MLM Nation, if you haven't heard, my mission is to help a 1,000 people earn $1,000 a month before next year. And I made it easy for you to get help from me. So if you're interested, you can get help starting with $10, 33 cents a day. I'll answer your questions seven days a week. We prospect together. I'll guide you exactly what to say. And I'll put you into the five-step plan to get your next customer or next new rep. Go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. And I look forward to helping you become one of the 1,000 people to earn $1,000 a month by next year. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fired up to bring our special guest today, Alan Fu. Hey, Alan, are you ready to make it happen? Oh, man, Simon, I'm so ready to make it happen. Super excited for our session today. Alan Fu is a millennial entrepreneur and leader from Sydney, Australia. He graduated with a degree in nutrition and metabolism from Sydney University and was a personal trainer and nutritionist before he got into network marketing. Alan is a second-generation network marketer, and he's been able to use traditional methods combined with building online to create a unique hybrid model. He's a six-figure earner and has a team of over 75,000 customers and reps. So, Alan, welcome to MLM Nation. I've given everyone a brief background, but please take back to your journey. As I know your parents were network marketers. How, how did you go from being a nutritionist and trainer to decide to do network marketing as well? Well, thank you so much for the introduction, Simon. It's been uh, great to be able to join you today. I'm really grateful to you know be on the show. Well, when I first started in network marketing, it was really interesting. I mean, looking at my parents' journey coming back, they started network marketing in 2003, primarily as customers. They got into you know the business as customers so that they could get products for me. Uh, it was it was really interesting to see that whole journey. I mean, when when they first got it uh, introduced to network marketing, I had no idea what they were doing. They were trying to feed me like products and I was like, what's going on? I was only eight years old at the stage uh, and I was watching that journey and I guess really my journey re- began when they became customers because I saw that. They, they got the products, they went to trainings, they started learning, do a lot of mindset stuff and I was only eight. So we, we had traditional businesses during that stage. My parents had shoe shops and um, growing up I was watching my parents struggle in traditional business and not just that, they were, they were trying to teach me principles about money and business which I didn't listen to. And so... I, I was watching my parents go through not just the struggles of traditional business, but now building a network marketing business for themselves. And so it was really, really exciting watching that journey. So I grew up, life was normal for me. I had no idea about business, no idea about success, no idea about money and all of that sort of stuff. My parents got me a really interesting book at 12 years old. I was waiting for a Harry Potter book, but at 12, they got me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so um, that was a really, really interesting experience to read that book. And I remember... After reading that book, I had to tell my, well, I told myself, I was like, I have to start a business. And I didn't know what business to start. My parents had been doing traditional business and network marketing business right in my own backyard or right in my own household. And then growing up, going through the whole entire high school journey and then going through university, I studied, I did what 
every Asian parent wants their Asian kids to do, right? Go to school, get good <laughs> grades, study, do the whole shebang, right? I'm, I'm sure we've been, we've gone through that pathway before. And I did that. So I went to university and during university, I felt really unfulfilled studying. I was like, why am I here studying my degree? What's what's going on? Like, you know, is, is this really how I'm going to impact and help people around the world? And I was like, you know, it, it really wasn't going to give me what I wanted in life. You know, I wanted freedom. I wanted the ability to impact many. I wanted the ability to, you know, be able to provide a lot of value back into the marketplace. But I was looking at my degree and I was looking at what I was studying and I was like, hold on, this this isn't going to work out. And so at that stage, I realized that I had to go do something bigger and better. And I was looking for different businesses. I really wanted to start up a gym and because I was a trainer, right? I wanted to start up a gym. But I was like looking at how much a gym costs to start up and it was like $600,000 including equipment and rent and lease and all of that. And I was like, okay, probably not. I'm, I'm 19. I don't have 600K. I can't start this gym. So what else can I do? And I was like, I have less than $5,000 in my bank account. And my parents at that stage had seen some success in network marketing. And I was like, hold on a minute. You guys are doing this network marketing thing. You guys are traveling around the world all the time now. You guys are doing all of this cool stuff. You're, you're visiting grandparents in China whenever you want to. What are you doing? Like, what is this network marketing thing? Like, do you want to give me a better look? And so I, I decided to take another look at network marketing. And um, that's kind of where my journey really began. And I thought that was really interesting that I was searching everywhere for the best business for myself to do, but it was just in my own backyard or really in my own household. And uh, so that's when I took a second look or a serious look at the business and decided to give it a crack. So I have a couple questions. Uh, you're, you're born in Australia? Born and raised here. Born in Australia. So, but where your parents? Your parents are from China. My parents are from China. So they came into they came to Sydney in the late eighties slash early nineties. Originally from where? What part of China? So my mom's from Changsha in Hunan, China, and my dad's from Shanghai. Got it. But you, so you speak fluent Chinese. So I speak fluent Chinese. Right. Yeah. So um, what type of you say your parents had shops? What type of businesses did they have before network marketing? So they had traditional brick and mortar businesses. So that's what they had before network marketing. And they had three of them all across Sydney. Um, and then so they were selling things from mainly predominantly shoes. They had like shirts as well and some toys. But they started off uh, selling on the side of a road. You know, huh. my parents saved up enough money. They came to When they came to Australia, no English, nothing. You know, they, they were working like small jobs, odd jobs, uh, sometimes making less than a dollar an hour. Um, you know, my mom was working in sweatshops. My dad was working in bakeries uh, in the morning. And then at night, he'd go and clean floors. And so they were working very small jobs. So they saved up a lot of money. They wanted to chase the dream of, you know, being business owners and sending me off to a good school. And so they started their own business. And their first business here in Australia was they bought a third hand, not even a second hand, but a third hand van, which was pretty much beat up. And um, they, they bought like their first batch of inventory, they bought like shirts, toys, um, you know, uh, shoes and all little accessories. And so what they did was every weekend they'll drive, there's this marketplace on the side of a road. Uh, and then they'll, they would bring out not even a table, two planks of wood and like some, some a stands and they stack the wood on top of the a stand. And then what they would do, it was, they just pile all this stuff on the table and try to sell products with limited English. And so that was kind of like, um, I remember I have, a, I have a photo that I share in a lot of my sort of talks. It's a photo of me. I was two months old, literally two months old, and I'm sitting on top of a pile of shoes on this roadside store with them. And so uh, that's the sort of businesses that, that, that they got started up in, was traditional retail business. Wow. So you said they bought a third-hand, what, band, uh, a car? What's a band? 
Oh, you guys don't know what vans are? Well, maybe we, yeah, so, we use a different term. <laughs> so, so vans, are, I don't know how you guys would describe it. Maybe as a truck in the US, but a, a van is kind of like a, a van. long car. A van, van, van. I got it. Yeah, 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 a okay. van. <laughs> wow, so they're literally selling things out of a van. I mean, I love the stories because... You know, uh, I think, you know, I'm born and raised in the U.S. as well. Sometimes we have it so easy. We're spoiled. We don't realize, you know, my parents are immigrants too, like the hustle, right? And I know yeah. we were talking about your team, the hustle nation, and what it yeah. really takes to be successful. So you, you see your parents go all through all this. And why did you look at starting a gym or all this, not network marketing the first time? Well, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a really interesting question. You know, like I think – Honestly, I was just, I don't know if I was jaded or something like that, but I was like looking at different business ideas and I just thought it would be cool to have something physical. You know what it's like when, when a lot of people, they think of business, they think physical. And so for me as well, I had that first perspective was going, you know what, I can do something physical. You know, I, I love the training side of things. I, I love weights. I love helping people in, uh, in, in sports. I was, I was a soccer coach for about three years in high school. I coached cricket as well, you know, and I was an athletics coach too. So I, I loved coaching the sports side of things. And um, that's a, sort of how I got by through high school. Those were my part-time jobs. And so I was like, it would be so cool to own a gym. And then it was kind of like this fantasy of if I could open up a gym, I'd be this really young 19-year-old gym owner. You know, I'd be able to train in my own gym. And so I just kind of had that fantasy of being able to have a physical business. But I didn't realize what the cost behind the traditional business were until I started actually going on Google and going, how much does it cost to start up a gym? How much is gym equipment? How much is, you know, wages, uh, average salaries I have to pay to personal trainers? How much is uh, uh, admin stuff? I started to Google all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, probably not then with the sort of uh, savings that I have. And so that was, that was kind of where I started. I just thought it would be really cool. That's why. Mm. I think deep down, sometimes uh, we just don't want to do what our parents do. That's, that's also true. <laughs> that's also true. You're not wrong there. I was like, oh, that's a mom and dad's thing, right? Network marketing is for mom and dad. You know, because every time I'd go to their meetings, it'd be like, oh, it's 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 all older people. It's like there's no young people in the room. It's like there's no one that's my age. So this isn't for me. So that's kind of why I like discounted that very early on. So once you decided to do it, you said, uh, how old were you? Nineteen at the time when nineteen. So I was just I was. Uh, Almost 18 and a half turning 19. Uh, that's when I decided to jump into network marketing. And how did it go with your first couple of weeks? Very bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't the best experience for me. Uh, when I was 18, 19, I was jumping in. I was very naive. Uh, not only very naive, I had a massive ego. So uh, a little bit of a backstory on my, my upbringing was, um, you know, I went to a very top rated uh, high school here in Australia. So I went to a, a high school called Sydney Boys High School. It's one of the best high schools here in Australia academically. And so I, I thought I was really smart, you know, going into it, I had a massive ego. Um, I'd worked my way up through hard work into becoming a top level athlete in the state as well. And so I was like, you know what, I'm young. You know, I'm driven, I'm hungry, I'm smart, I've got this, this is going to be easy. That was my thought process going into the business at first. I was like, I don't need to listen to my parents. They're old, their methods aren't going to work, it's okay. Who needs to listen to parents? I'll figure it out, I'm smarter than them anyway, right? That was the sort of mindset I had going into the business at first. So, you know, I, I didn't want to listen to anyone. They were like, oh, let us help you, let us give you some advice, let us do some training with you, you know, come to the trainings with us on the weekend. I was like, mom, dad. Don't worry about it. I'm young. I've got social media. I know what I'm doing. Like, I've got this, right? Um, so the first, I would say the first two years in business was very, very tough. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, 
Um, it took me probably, you know, six or seven weeks before I got my first commission check. And then after that, it was very, very, very inconsistent. You know, I, I was struggling to make sales. I was struggling to recruit and retain my team. Um, and, you know, it, it was good for me because after six weeks, I had some of my best friends join me. And that was great because a lot of people don't have their friends join them in the beginning of the business. But I had a few of my best friends join me. And that, that was fun. You know, I thought I was on top of the world. I was going to make it happen. You know, I had a team of like four people. They're all my best friends. The idea was like, yeah, we're going to be successful together. We're going to do this together. You know, we're going to if we're going to be in it, we're going to be in it together. And so um, that was kind of like the first couple of weeks. Then I realized that I couldn't duplicate. I realized I couldn't teach them. I couldn't train them. You know, they weren't listening to me. They're like, why should we listen to you? We're trying to set up trainings. They wouldn't come to trainings. And then we're trying to get creative. And so um, that was kind of like what the first one to two years was, was really experimentation phase, going through a lot of failures, you know, learning that your ego is not your amigo, you know, learning that, um, you know, it's, it's not fun. To, to try to just work out things on your own when there are a lot of proven systems around you. And it's probably a good idea to listen to your parents, even <laughs> though, you know, they're your parents, but like, hey, they've been in the industry at that stage for maybe about, ooh, how long then? It would have been 03, 6, 14, about 11 years. They would have been in the industry for about 11 years at that stage. So I was like, oh, maybe it was a good idea to listen to my parents. But yeah, first two years of the business was tough. You know, I was in, I was out, I was in, I was out. I kind of quit and I kind of came back in. Then I kind of quit again. And I was like, it, it, it was tough. I mean, because I had uni full time and I had this as well. So what was the turning point? What made you, uh, what happened? You know, it, it's a great question. The turning point for me, honestly, I think it was in the first two years of bu building business for myself, I was going to uni full time. I was a science student. So I studied my bachelor's of science and going to Sydney University at that stage, we were doing 40 hour contact weeks. So it was 40 hours a week at university. I was also working three part time jobs. So I was managing a frozen yoga store at that time. I was a tutor on the side and I did personal training as well. Um, so I was working three jobs and I had my ne uh, my new network marketing business that I was trying to work on as well. And the turning point for me really came. And this is uh, this is it, it was actually really interesting. It was the end of first year university. It was second semester end of first year university. I had started my business in the first half of that sem uh, first half of the year. Second semester, I built out my team. We had about six people on the team at that stage. Um, you know, it was, it was going great. We were starting to make a little bit of sales here and there. We actually got three-way meetings set up, and we, we figured out how to get a three-way meeting between my, um, my associates and me. And so that was really exciting. Things were going good. And then one day, we did um, – well, I like to mix things up, and I took my team out once a fortnight uh, to the park, and we would do an outdoor training session. We'd do like a fitness session, then we'd do a mindset session afterwards. And I remember it was, it was one of my best friends. Friends, he, he comes up to me and he's like, Alan, I don't, I don't know if this is something for me anymore. And uh, that moment really shook me. I'm like, what do you mean? You're, you're my best friend. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna be successful together, right? And he's like, Alan, I just don't know, man. I, I'm gonna change my uni degrees. I don't like my uni degree. I'm not sure if I can commit to training anymore. I just want to kind of live in the moment. I just want to enjoy my life right now. I don't know if I really want to focus on business or anything like that. And so he came to me and he said that he's like, I'm dropping out. And as soon as he dropped out, well, the Jones effect happened and everyone else dropped out. And so essentially in the in that week, I lost my entire team. They all dropped out. And I know it wasn't a big team, but, you know, I lost my entire team. That was my first time going through that experience. And guess what? At the end of that week, we got our university results back as well. 
And for the whole entire year, I was studying 10 units at university. Uh, and, and on my transcript, I'd, I'd failed seven of them. And my average WAM for, for that year of university was in the 30s. So, you know, it, w- it wasn't really the best. And it was something that I was quite embarrassed about. Even to now, uh, my parents don't know. Uh, and I hope that hopefully until now, until you, until you listen to this, even till now, they don't know <laughs> that I failed seven out of 10 units in my first year of uni. Um, and that same week, I got a letter from the chancellor of Sydney university and that letter, I was like, you know what? Uh, and still my ego was playing on me. I was like, you know what? This, this could be cool. I came from a good high school. Maybe they just delayed it. This could be a scholarship letter or something like that. I opened up the letter to my surprise. It was at the opposite of a scholarship letter. <laughs> and, and, and it says, Alan, if you fail one more unit, we're kicking you out of university. We're kicking you out of your degree. So that was my biggest turning point in my life to go, okay, if I'm going to do something, I've got to do it seriously. One and two, it's like, I've got to do it properly. And so from that moment, I kind of like sat on the back burners a bit. I was like, do I want to pursue my network marketing business or do I want to go back and finish university, you know, do what it takes to make my parents proud in that sense to, to show them that I can finish my degree. And that, that's when it really reminded me, um, when my parents told me, if you're going to do something, do it right and finish it. And so you know, um, at that moment, that was a big turning point. I had to make that decision. So I was like, you know what? Let's put the network marketing business on the back burner. Let's go into university full time. Let's finish off this degree. Let's not get distracted. You know, let's bring those marks up from getting from an average of 30, 32 roughly at that stage to a credit average is very, very difficult. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's focus on uni a bit, do that. And then, so that was kind of the first time where I dropped out of network marketing for a while. I probably dropped out for about a year at that stage. And um, afterwards, I decided to come in. And this time, it, it was a whole different focus. It wasn't about building up a team, developing training, anything like that. The second time I came back into network marketing, it was focus on sales only. Mm. I was going to focus on, you know, how do I sell products? You know, that was, that was a key, like, key thing for me was if I were to do this again and come back in. So I came back in around third year of university and I was like, okay, I'm not going to focus on the recruiting side. I'm not going to focus on the training side or anything like that. I'm focusing just on myself. How do I get more retail customers? How do I get more customers in my business? And because that was something I can do, you know, part time or in my spare time without it impacting my university degree too much. And so that was like a major, major transformational moment for me was, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it seriously, come up with a system, come up with a way to actually sell and go and do that, uh, go, go through and do it without it impacting too much on my current lifestyle, which was 40 hours of uni a week. And so that, that was one of my biggest turning moments, Simon. That's really awesome to share that. It's very interesting. So the first time you just focus on recruiting and team building, and then you also have all these other things going on, you yeah. did none of them well, and then you actually focused. And the second time, you focused on customers. Yeah. Right. So, second time, focus on customers. Let me ask you. So when you dropped out of a network marketing, just focus on your uni, why did you go back to network marketing? That's a fantastic question. You know, again, I, I, I like to reflect. Um, you know, I like to think I'm a little bit you know, self-aware, right? I'd love to, I love to always reflect and analyze on my actions and what I'm doing. And I, and I always do that throughout my life and throughout my weeks as well. That's one of my habits as well is to always reflect and analyze and adapt and change. And so for me, when I was looking at it the second time around, I was really thinking to myself, hold on at that stage, again, my parents had just gone up another good rank. Uh, so they've gone up another leadership, uh, another leadership rank. And I was looking at their lifestyle eventually get better and better and better. And I was starting to think to myself, okay, if what, what, what would really happen? I started to give myself all these scenarios. I was like, what would really happen if I were to graduate from uni? Um, I didn't go back and pursue network marketing. You know, what, what would actually happen? 
And so I started to think and I started to do research and I was starting to Google what my degree was going to get me at the end of it. So I was Googling, what is the average salary of a nutritionist? What is the average salary of a dietitian? And at that stage, I was going to consider doing a master's degree. And so I was looking at it again, and the average salary of a nutritionist here in Sydney, Australia is $51,000 a year. And I was like, hold on a second, $51,000 a year, how can I get by on that sort of income? You know, living here in Sydney is pretty expensive. Uh, and, you know, our property prices for an apartment, right, like a one-bedroom apartment is almost in the $700,000 mark. And so I was like, I can't afford that if I've got a $51,000 salary. What, what happens if I get a family in the future? You know, what happens if I want to move into a big property with my parents or something like that? I'm not going to be able to afford a lifestyle. And so I was thinking 51K, that's not a lot. And then I was looking at, okay, what happens if I were to study my master's? What was the average salary of a dietitian in Sydney? And that number went up to a massive 58000 And I was like, hold on a second. If I'd studied a master's, spent another $80,000 here at university, you know, on top of the 40 I already have in debt, then my student loan debt would be $120,000 and I'd come out with a $58,000 a year salary. I was like, okay, one, can I impact even my own life and live a good lifestyle, let alone you know, support my family, let alone support the community. I was like, hold on a second. If I was a nutritionist or a dietitian, I can maybe serve at max eight to 12 clients a day based on my time. And I'd still be stuck in my clinic trading my time for money. I didn't want to do that. And I was, I was starting to see like all of these kids on Instagram living the laptop lifestyle now. They had all been building money off their laptops and their mobiles and all that sort of stuff. And I was saying, hold on, how can I get that lifestyle? And the only way I knew was network marketing. Because at that stage, my parents had gotten rid of all of their shops. They cleaned up most of the debt that they were in since the 2008 GFC. You know, we lost a lot of money during the GFC because of, um, uh, well, we had, we're retail businesses. So we shut down all of them. We didn't end up selling them because no one wants to buy a down business in a down economy. And so uh, what, had, what ended up happening was during 08-09, we shut down most of our shops. So we shut down at least two of the shops um, straight away. And that left our house. We had a brand new house at that stage, all filled up to the room with stock. And we spent a few years going to markets, you know, just trying to flog the stock off for cheap. And ultimately, I remember my parents uh, found someone to take on the extra stock for 10 cents on the dollar. So we lost a lot of money during that time for, for you know, traditional retail. And so at that stage, they had just dug themselves out of the hole using network marketing. Um, and, you know, they, they were starting to see some successes now coming in. It, it's not easy cleaning a big debt like that. But, um, you know, they had started to finally start to see a little bit of, you know, positive cash flow come in after wiping off all that debt. And I was like, hold on, the only way I know right now that is physically possible for me to achieve that sort of laptop lifestyle and achieve that freedom that um, a lot of businesses don't bring is through network marketing. So I was like, okay, how do, we, how do I revisit this situation? And if this is one of the best platforms for me to become successful on, how do I get good at it? Because I wasn't good the first time. So the second time was how do I, how do I actually make this work out for me? So that was kind of the mindset I came into the business the second time um, and reevaluating the whole situation. So how did you get good? It's a good question. Again, um, you know, getting, getting good at the business I think comes down to a few things. I think it comes down to trial and error, actually starting 
listening to mentors is a very good one, um, and actually doing what the mentors tell you to do, right? And so, uh, so, so when I when I got back into the business, I, I made a commitment to myself: is any training that I had, I had access to, I would go to. You know, that's when I that's when I stumbled around different podcasts. That's when I found different trainings that were going around, um, you know, around Sydney. I, I reached out to other leaders that who had no idea who I was. I was like, can I come and join your trainings? Can I sit in? Can I listen? You know, all that sort of stuff. I reached out to everyone, um, whoever would listen to me um, and whoever could help me, I would take on their advice and do it. And so ultimately, it just came down to listening to that advice or listening to the training and then actually implementing on it. Mm. I think that's where we get stuck a, a lot of the times as new reps is we, we're overwhelmed before this training. It's great, but then we don't take the action. So I was like, you know what? Stuff it. Let's go take action. Let's do it whenever. At that stage, I was working part-time in a gym. I was kind of managing a gym and um, I was like, okay, let's put it to the test. Everything I'm learning, I'm going to test it out in the gym with all the clients that are coming through the door. Their fitness, you know, they probably like the products that I'm going to sell. Let's test it. On every gym member that comes in, I'll try to build rapport with them, learn how to, you know, form HD them, try to figure out their pain points, do all of that sort of stuff and um, put put all of what I'm learning into practice because I had a constant flow of people coming to the gym and I was like, why not, right? And so... Uh, the second time around, it was it was all about putting everything I learned into practice, really dropping my, you know, ego down and, and taking a more humble position going, no, no matter what rank you are in the company, no matter how new you are in the company, I would be able to learn from you and I would have something to learn from you. I, I gave myself this sort of mindset, which was every single person I speak to and meet, I would take away one point from them that would build onto me as a person. Uh, and that would allow me to then take myself to the next level. And so every single time I was speaking to someone, I was always taking one specific action point out of what they were telling me and I would go and do it. And that was it. I wasn't going to hesitate. I was just going to straight do it. Even if I felt uncomfortable, I was going to do it. And that's really what the fundamentals for me getting to where I am is, is just really listening to this new information and testing, figuring out if it's going to work for me and my style, and then making sure I continually, deliberately practice on that to make it good. That is great nuggets there. ML Nation, did you get that? Take an action point, take something, one thing from something you learn, and then you take action and do it. I think a lot of you, um, if you're stuck, you may be learning a lot, but you're not taking the action. And the real knowledge is when what Alan's talking about, taking action and implementing it. So I remember, yeah, we had a, we did an ML Nation event a couple of years ago, and you were like out late working with your team members, and you, but you still showed up bright and early for that event. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I remember that. That was, I think, going back maybe one or two years now um, at the MLM Nation event. I remember uh, rocking up. And yeah, we were, we were doing team events all night and then all day in the morning as well. And I was like, yep, I've got to go see Simon. So I've got to come down because I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. You know, I think you're probably one of the first podcasts that I got into. I was listening to a lot of mindset podcasts and all of those sort of stuff. Um, and yours was the industry specific podcast that I had chosen to listen to. I remember um, that second year when I came back in as well, this was, this was probably um, – when the podcast was still in the hundreds or so episodes, uh, and then I, I got in, I was just listening to podcasts every day. I'm like, I need this. This is great. Every single day, I would listen to at least three or four podcasts from you, and I was like, I'll put them on repeat in the car everywhere I was driving. I'll take notes on my phone, and even today, um, I still have some of the notes on my phone from like some of the episodes that I've listened to. So it was it was really good, and so I was like, you know what, Simon's here in Sydney. I've got to go visit him. So I, I did whatever it took, and I had to come and see you. And that was cool. And now you're on the show impacting others. 
Oh, I know. It's amazing, right? I, I love that. And I, I, I always like to talk about this to all the people that I get to speak with is I remember that first year I got into network marketing, there was a there was a key speaker, keynote speaker from from the company that I'm with. He was on stage. He was young. He was uh, like 25. He studied a similar sort of degree as me, a nutrition degree. He was from Melbourne, Australia. Um, and he's been on your show as well. And when I saw him, that was the first time I was like to my eyes. I told myself, this guy's young. He's Aussie. He's a nutritionist. He's done it. I can do it too. And that was the day I had belief in myself that this was possible. And I told myself, one day I'm going to speak on stage with him. So I went and took a photo with him and backstage. I tried to work my way into backstage, took a photo with him. And I told him, one day I'm going to speak on stage with you. And um, I remember coming back into network marketing and working up a few years. And then uh, we, we had the opportunity to run an event together. And now we're good friends. And so I always tell people, if you can envision it, if you can see it and you have absolute belief in yourself, you're going to get it. Like, I don't know what else to say. It took me four or five years to get myself to be able to stand on the same stage as that guy that was on the stage that inspired me the first time I ever went to an international event. So I was like, you know what? If, if, if he can do it, I can do it. If I can, if he can do it, I want to do an event with him. Not just that, but I want to speak on the same stages as him. I want to speak at an international event, just like he did. I want to do what he did at 25. And so I, I think a lot of what I, what it comes down to is being able to believe that what you want is possible and actually going out and doing that. So I think it's really cool to have that. Yeah. But I have to ask you a couple, two, uh, two questions. Who's that guy? That, uh, you say I have uh, Louis Q. Oh yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Louis Q. That yeah. was an awesome so he was episode. On, he, was one of, he was on one of your earlier episodes, I believe, back uh, going going back maybe two, three hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah, I re- you know what? I remember that episode. That was in my old, old house two houses ago. I still remember you talking about the rejection he faced at that yeah. time, this show. Yeah, so big shout out to Louis Q. Um, the other question I need to ask you is, he said you get one action point for every person you meet. So what's the one action point you got out when you attended uh, the ML Nation event that I did? Oh, Honestly, attending the MLM Nation event, the one action point is really, guys, you've got to get down and actually do the work and send out those messages. You know, a lot of us get stuck, right? We get stuck. Uh, you know, we're thinking about prospecting or oh, this guy's too scary. You know what Simon does really well? And this is what I love about everything Simon does with MLM Nation. He sits there and he does it with you. And it's not just he does it with you, but he has very clear action points. And I remember that day when you had the triggers up on the board, which was like, you know, it's time to contact your chicken list, right? And it's like, you've got 10 minutes to contact 10 of your chicken list. This is the script you're going to say. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to message. And so a lot of the times I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, you know, it's actually been a while since I've reached out to my chicken list. That's a, that's a good reminder, right? And I was sitting there and everyone else is doing it. I'm like, I can't not do it. And so it's sitting there and actually going through that list. And I remember that day, same thing as well. doesn't matter if you're a leader. doesn't matter if you're new in the business. There's always times where you're going to be overwhelmed or there's always times where you're going to be deep in the trenches, you know, doing a lot of the development stuff uh, or, or not just the development stuff, but all the small stuff that's not actually income generating. And so a lot of times we get, as leaders as well, we have a lot of our, on our plates. We have a lot of teams to look after. We have a lot of systems to develop, all of that. And sometimes we don't focus on our own IPAs as much, right? And so being able to go to your event, Simon, I remember just sitting there and going, hey, this is a big refreshment for me. Like, you know, it's really cool to be able to have someone that's your that that's mentoring you and not just that but holding you accountable and um and it doesn't matter if you're a leader or a beginner in this business it, it's just really good to have someone there to give you a specific action task that you can just follow and it's so simple to follow and i thought that was brilliant you know and, and, and there was a lot of leaders there too and it's just a really good reminder that your income comes through action 
not just through the training, not just through the development. It actually comes through the IPAs that you put out. It actually comes through messaging people. It actually comes through reaching out to people. And I thought that was really fun. And so that was the action point um, that I took from you from that day. It was really have these set sort of uh, sessions where you can maybe prospect together or maybe do reach outs together. And so we've been implementing that. And I've actually been implementing that since, since I went to that with my team. And so at the beginning of all of our training sessions, we do a 15-minute session together where we go through a prospect list together and support uh, the team in terms of reaching out. So that's one thing I took away and I've actually implemented and we've retained in the team sort of uh, structure. Cool. That's very cool. It's great. I still remember where you sat on the left side towards the back because <laughs> you right. came in late. I remember that. That's cool. Hey, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about uh, Hustle Nation. You've been, you took like the traditional methods which your parents used and then you added in your social media because most of your team is very young. So talk yeah. about this hybrid marketing. Uh, you know, that's a great question. I love that. You know, hybrid marketing for me, I think Honestly, network marketing has gone to a stage now where, yes, traditional uh, traditional methods are proven, right? Absolutely proven. And network marketing has predominantly been, and because I've been watching it growing up, I've been watching it now, and it's been, this is our 17th year in network marketing as a family. So I've been watching the traditional way of uh, doing network marketing my whole entire life. And coming from an Asian background, uh, they really love the offline. You know, they really love the face-to-face meeting, the one-on-ones, you know, the, the ABCs or the two-on-one meetings, the three-way meetings. They, they love that sort of stuff, the, the in-person stuff. And that's where I learned a lot of my fa- uh, fundamentals. A lot of my foundation was in the traditional, which was kind of learning how to speak face-to-face, learning how to build the rapport. But what I realized from a lot of these face-to-face meetings was these meetings lasted an hour. These meetings lasted two hours. You turn up at cafes, people didn't turn up, stuff like that. And I started to realize that. But the, the thing is, you cannot forget about all of these traditional methods, such as the building rapport, such as the, the face-to-face communication skills, such as finding the pain points, addressing them on the spot, closing on the spot, and doing the face-to-face interaction. Because still, network marketing is a very, very human-to-human business. And I, I believe it should truly remain so, because that's how we build our networks, is a network will only grow if they trust and like you and continue to you know, expand based on that trust, right? And so that was the traditional side of things, watching them and doing a lot of home meetings at home, you know, doing a lot of uh, sort of hotel meetings as well, that entire traditional way of building network marketing, which a lot of uh, companies and reps still use nowadays. And I use that for predominantly the first two to three years of my business as well. You know, and there is nothing wrong with it. It's just that right now what I've really realized is using that sort of offline method of building relationship, building rapport and having strong relationships is fantastic for retention. You know, it's absolutely phenomenal for retention. It's absolutely phenomenal for culture, team building. It's phenomenal for getting referrals as well. And then what I really realized is, okay, that's great, but it's a little bit slower. The way I'm seeing my parents' team, the way I'm seeing, you know, my parents' generation, how they're building the business, it's slightly slower than what I'm seeing from a lot of these new leaders that have been popping out in the industry. And there's been a lot of leaders I've been hearing on your podcast as well. They're getting crazy numbers in their first year, first two, first three years. And I'm like, how are they doing that? And you start to realize a lot of them are using a lot of online strategies, whether it's doing like things like sales funnels or they're making custom videos or they're using more online tools, um, you know, or they have set sort of automated systems and they have like prospecting systems and stuff like that online. And I was just like, okay, that's really cool. Is it possible to combine online strategies with the offline strategies? You know, my parents 
weren't supportive, weren't against it at first. They were like, kind of, you've got to stick to this system. This system's going to work. You know, trust me, we've been doing this for so long, over a decade. We know that the system works. We know that, you know, you've got to go do this. You've got to spend the time warming them up, building rapport, doing all of that sort of stuff, right? And I was like, okay, cool. That might work for you, but right now it might not work for me and sort of my generation and the way our brains are wired because I'm technically a millennial, right? I'm 24 years old. So for me, it's like most of my friends, most of my prospects are going to be from my age category, right? So around 18 to 35 is my, my sort of target market. And so looking at that, how do their brains work? How do they think? What's the psychology behind their buying decisions? All of that sort of stuff. And so that's when I started to really investigate different social media strategies, different online strategies. And you know, listening to your podcast has really inspired me. Not just that, but seeing a lot of different coaches out there teach different methods. And so I started to, again, like I said, take one thing, practice and trial and error and see what works. And so for me, it really started off with basic social media strategies. Like what's the best invitation script or what's the best prospecting script going out there? What's the best first message sequence? Or, you know, how do I find people? What groups? And, you know, your strategy, Clam, right, has been brilliant. And now I kind of say it's not Clam anymore. It's Cram because it's 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 not like anymore, but React, right? There's a lot of reactions out there. So, so I started using Cram. And I was like, you know, testing all these methods out and I was like there has to be a way for the millennial to go through and build a business online because well I, I don't know if a lot of viewers know this but a lot of millennials we just don't like the physical communication I don't know what it is you know I just feel like the millennial communication skills are not as good as our predecessors the gen x's or the baby boomers and so a lot of us are really scared of doing the physical communication obviously there is going to be the minority like myself who enjoy the physical communication but the, the real question was not about answering the minorities problems, but answering the majority's problems. How do we actually get people to use their mobile phones to go out there and actually take action and message prospect and do what they needed to do to grow their business? And so first it started off with different scripts. It started off with different things. And then it kind of evolved into, okay, how do we get a presentation system? How do we get, um, how do we, how do we qualify people without needing to spend 50 minutes on the phone with them? You know, and, and started to really grow and evolve. And I started to try and innovate. And so it's really, again, like, like I said earlier, it's about testing the waters, always trial and error, trial and error until you find a sticking point and test things out, you know, at least for a month out before you figure out what's going to work out for the team. And so the whole idea behind hybrid network marketer comes in as how do we build with not just speed, but also stability? Because a lot of the times as network marketers, we build with speed and we lose stability or we build with stability and we lose speed. And so I just wanted to figure out what was the perfect balancing point for my team and our target demographic and how we were going to do that in a way that was not overwhelming and not difficult for the new rep. And so that was kind of the whole basis behind the Hustle Nation model was I could kind of see that a lot of teams out there came into the business but had no idea what the step-by-step process of building a business is. A lot of people need hand-holding. And that's why you're brilliant, Simon, because you teach step-by-step principles and you teach step-by-step actions. And I, again, I, I need to thank you a lot because I draw a lot of inspiration from what you do and that that goes to show me what works because I know if Simon's doing it, Simon's done it well, how can I do it as well for my team or for my people in a way that can kind of make it nice and simple for them? Really in the back of my mind, it's all about how do I make it easy enough for a new rep to get started and get started properly 
where you know they don't need where they don't need to worry about overthinking things. They just need to follow the set guidelines or the set action steps and take them one step at a time. And that was the whole idea behind the hybrid network marketer to create the next generation of professionals in the industry that are actually equipped with real business skills. You know that can do business in and out of network marketing, and at the same time to be able to go out there and you know. Do the business without complicating, without all this complicated stuff. Hmm. That's what I wanted to create. Well, thank you for sharing that. Hey, um, how important is consistency to success? It's probably the most important thing, honestly, because you see it all the time, and I've seen it now. You know, being in the industry from nineteen, I'm twenty four, so this would be going on to my fifth year, going on to six year in business, and not just even that, but seeing my parents' businesses and seeing the the reps that come in and out, right? And it, and it's really the the word consistency is super important. Is I know this because coming through growing up now nineteen to twenty four, five years in business, is I see a lot of people come in and out. And it's been waves in and out all the time, and it's all these waves. But the people that actually build a long-term stable income in network marketing are the people that I see are the most consistent action takers. They're the ones that are every single day. They've got their DMO. They go through their DMO. Their DMO is a do or die thing. You know, if they don't do it, they don't go to sleep. If they don't do it, you know, they they don't feel comfortable with themselves. They're guilty, right? The 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 consistency is is probably the most important thing in your business. And, and a business like network marketing craves consistency, whether that's training consistency, because for me, I've recognized a few, a few patterns is the people that are consistent in training are the people that are consistently also taking action and also producing results. The people that come into training for a few weeks and drop out for a few weeks, I know that they're rocky and the people that don't come to training at all, I know that they don't last long. And it's, it's not like I'm trying to categorize people in whatever position, but it's more like saying these are some of the patterns that I've seen over the last couple of years. And so the people that are consistent actually are really good because it goes for leaders like us. But obviously, we have limited time in the day as well. And I'm sure for you and me as well, that's our biggest sort of bottleneck is the time that we have in a day. If we had 50-hour days, great. That would be amazing, right? But we don't. And so – how does it, how how do we choose the right leaders and the potential leaders to work with is seeing how consistent they put into action. So not only is it good for a new rep or a leader, but for a new rep, if you take consistent action, it shows your leader that you're serious. For a leader to take consistent action, it shows that you're leading from the front and you're leading by example. And so uh, for both sides of things, consistency is key. You have to be consistent in your business. I love that. Every leader is a reader. But sometimes you just don't have time to read. Well, fortunately, there's audiobooks. Hey, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. That's why, uh, and actually, in fact, I listen to audiobooks first, and then if I really like it, then I should go get the physical book where I can really study in detail. And now, MLM Nation, you can get a free audiobook at mlmnationbook.com. Go check it out, mlmnationbook.com. Hey, thank you so much for your time, Alan. You've been amazing. Uh, as we go towards the end of the show, just want a couple quick questions to prick your brain, and these can be quick one sentence, one liners. Yeah. First one is what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? I love that. So I have one that's been on my computer monitor for the last decade, and it goes, Your future is created by what you do today, not tomorrow. And I think that's a quote from Robert Kiyosaki. I'm not too sure. But um, your future is created by what you do today, not tomorrow. And it's a constant reminder for me that I shouldn't wait to take action. If I have an opportunity, if I have um, sort of uh, some sort of 
sort of inspired moment, I don't want to be able to write it down and take action on it later. I want to be able to do it now. It's a constant reminder for me to take action right now. And so, yeah, your future is created by what you do today, not tomorrow. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? One habit that's helped me really become successful is that self-reflection. And I think that's really important is a lot of people were going full speed, 100% ahead all the time that we forget to stop and reflect and see what's going well and what's not going well. Is having the ability to be self-aware about your uh, your situation, your actions, your, your sort of results and being able to reflect on that and being able to adapt and change directions where needed, that has been my key to success. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Oh, that's a good one. Best piece of advice I've ever received is from my mom. She told me, this was probably when I was 14, 15 years old. She told me every single investment. She's like, Alan, every investment you make into anything above your neck will be guaranteed to pay off. And so from that day, I knew how important personal development was and investing into my knowledge um, and investing into you know different skill sets. So anything above your neck, that's an investment into anything above your neck will always pay off. Oh, that's good. I've never heard the, the way I explained it before. Cool. <laughs> um, what's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect. What do you do? Uh-huh. Do you send them like a video? Do you do Zoom? Do you talk to them on the phone? What do you like to use? Uh, so we, we like to use two major tools. Zoom is obviously one of the most important tools we have right now. There is no doubt about it. Zoom is so important for talking to a prospect, especially in a time where we can't meet face-to-face. Uh, talking to a prospect through Zoom is very, very powerful because it still gives us a chance like me and you to connect from anywhere around the world. Zoom is one tool. The second tool I have is I've actually created for my own team a kind of like an information package page. So all they need to do is if you have an interested prospect or a qualified prospect, you send them this package and that's their first piece of homework to see if that this prospect is not only serious, but they can actually listen to advice or direction. And so we send them that package and that package is tracked. So we on the back end get to see if they've actually opened it and seen what's inside of it. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox, Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Absolutely. So I always use the Facebook suite. And that's that for me is my number one tool is whether it's Facebook groups, messenger groups, that's the most important thing. And sharing documents for Google Drive, that's probably been a key player in terms of my whole entire strategy. What's two or three books you could recommend to ML Nation? So I've been reading a lot of books since going to personal development uh, and learning a lot. My two favorite books in the last year or so that I've read has been Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership and his leadership books. And so he's got quite a few there uh, and Jocko Willink's books. Any of them that I've read so far has been phenomenal. So yeah, Leadership Strategies and uh, his Extreme Ownership book. Yeah, I love the Extreme Ownership book, especially about the stories when Mm, uh, the soldiers are fighting. It's phenomenal. It's really good. Here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? I'm ready. I know you, you know. I, I know you know it since you listened to the show. So imagine <laughs> you had to start all over again and you knew no one. You didn't know your parents. You had a, didn't know a single person. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the mm-hmm. first thing you do or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? Honestly, I think that answer is so simple right now for me. Like the, the first thing I'll do is create a social media account on one of the social media platforms. It's like we have so many resources available to us, right? There's 2.5 billion people using Facebook every month. That's a lot of people. You know, if there was one platform I'd jump on and I'd jump onto Facebook, I'd create an account and I'd start to add value with whichever I can into the marketplace. And from there, I start to build a lot of my relationship and network online. Taking that online relationship into a Zoom call, then taking it offline if possible, 
possible. That would be the exact strategy that I would be using to rebuild my network marketing business if I had to start all over again, using and leveraging social media to its advantage. You say you add value. In what ways would you add value? So a lot of people out there are hurting, especially right now in our current situation, right, Simon? So, you know, it's really crazy. There's a, there's a lot of things that we have, whether it's through life experience, whether it's through stories, whether it's through even work experience or business experience. There's a lot of things that we as human beings go through that we can add into the, the market as a lot of valuable pieces for our audience. You know, everyone out there is searching for a solution for something. Everyone wants a band-aid to whatever pain that they have. And if you can be a person that's able to deliver any sort of solution, whether it's just a simple solution as, you know, even drink more water a day and why you need to drink more water a day. I'm just giving a really basic one. But like giving some sort of value to your audience allows them to see you as a person that kind of knows what they're talking about. And people like to follow people that know what they're doing and talking about, right? And so it's really good to be able to go out there and just give, 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 give and continuously give as much as possible whilst reaching out to people to share what you have. Because honestly, to build up any business, right, it's all about getting people to see and understand what you have to sell. And so I think that's the most important thing for me is being able to use the social media platform to connect with the billions of people around the world and just to be able to deliver what I have on offer to those people. Thank you so much. As we wrap up, Alan, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Amazing. So I think, guys, the most important advice that I would like to give to anyone out there is If you've been hesitant about anything in life, really just start, right? Like it's always better to figure it out quickly than to wait and then for things to pass you. Always just start. You always have the ability to adapt and change and and pivot if you need to. And so – don't be afraid to just put in the action, start, even if you suck at it at first, like me, I was really bad at a lot of things, but just get started. Once you get started, you can then go on, reflect, change, adapt, do what you need to do, but start and listen to someone who's been before you that can help you and guide you, someone like Simon, and also, you know, off the back of that, just learn and grow from the process, because that's what what it's all about. Expect the failures, learn from them, and then go on and move on to become your best self. Now, if you want to connect with me, it's super simple, on Instagram, uh, my tag is at underscore Alan Fu, so A-W-L-E-N-F-U. And if you guys want to connect with me on all the other social media platforms, you can just go to my website, which is theallenfu.com. So if you go to that website, you'll be able to connect with me on all sorts of different platforms. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Alan Fu. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com and go to the podcast tab and click on the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom that Alan shared will be right there. In order to be successful in life and business and network marketing, you must help others. So Alan, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Alan, and God bless you. Thanks, Simon. Hey, MM Nation, before we go, don't forget your free download of my latest book, 365 Motivational Quotes for the Network Marketer. It's over 79 pages long. You get a free PDF copy of it. Just download. You get a sneak peek of what keeps the leaders going. You know, it's taking the best of the best of the podcast and put in one convenient resource for you. You're going to get confidence as you can refer to over and over again every single day. You get daily encouragement. You're going to get the mental toughness to become successful and you're going to stay motivated and focus on each day as you go through the guide. So just go download it. It's all for free. MLNation.com forward slash book. And if you know a friend or downline or sideline, crossline or any friend or even, you know, a prospect, 
that would, this would lift up the profession, increases the belief in the profession, share with them as well. Just go to download it, and it's free for them as well. MLNation.com forward slash book. Hey, I'm Al Nation. A great show from Alan Fu. Here's a recap and review of a lot of main things. I love talking to millennials and, uh, you know, also from migrants, right? Talking about the parents, how the work ethic, how they saved up money to buy a van and from the van selling things, you know, out of the van at a road. And from there, you know, saved up money to buy stores only to see all that disappear in the GFC, the global financial crisis. But thankfully, it had started network marketing before then. So it's really interesting. You know, there's no ego, right? Alan's parents were successful network marketers, but he still had an ego and that held him back. Right, that held him back. But he saw early on the work ethic it takes to be successful. And his turning point was really to, uh, he decided to focus, right? And it, sometimes I think this affects network marketers as well. We do so many things, right? Alan was in school. He had three jobs doing network marketing. And then it took him to like a low point for him to lose all his team and everything. And then he realized he, he, he needed to step away for a little bit and then get back to it. And why he got back to network marketing, I love how he broke it down. It's like, what else could he do, right? And I was going to explain to you on the show, like it's an apartment in Sydney, one bedroom apartment, seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's seven hundred thousand Australian, which would be about what half a million US for one bedroom. Now I know if you're listening here, in some places um, you can buy a huge mansion for half a million or even for two hundred thousand. Well, in Sydney, Australia, a one bedroom apartment condo could be half a million dollars, and. You know, he realized he had no other options. Going back to school, being nutritionist, dietitian, he never lived the life that he wanted. So network marketing is the only way, right? And the thing that I want a couple of big aha moments is his parents told him, if you do something, do it right and finish it. So so MLM Nation, you're doing network marketing. I want you to do it right and finish it. And the second big aha moment, it was, you know, for Alan, you know, it's incredible. His parents told him this is reflection, awareness, awareness of who you're becoming, your actions. What can we, you know, analyze and adapt? Because we are human beings. We're not stuck in one way. We can adapt. We can learn and adapt. And talk about learning. Learning is he goes to different things, different training events. And we talk about him attending a BYOB, taking something and applying it. Right? If you like in this show, I want you to take something from Alan and take action on it and apply it and be aware. Whether it's like a routine, uh, like reflecting every day. Like I have a routine every night. I reflect back on things that could be better, things that didn't go that well. Reflection, because that is how we grow. You got, but you got to take action on it. If you take action, it doesn't guarantee you'll be successful, but you are going to make mistakes. Right. And then you learn from those mistakes. And that's how you really, really grow fast. And um, yeah, I still remember when Alan went to a BYOB workshop in Sydney. I think it was in the end of 2018, December 2018. I, I should remember very clearly. He came in. It was December 2018. And right afterwards, I headed to Auckland. And by the way, if you want to attend BYOB, BYOB, we actually make it online now. So you can go to BYOBworkshop.com. And this is where, where Alan talked. We sit down and we made it into Zoom. Well, you and I, we prospect together. And that's what Alan did. And it kind of woke him up and realized he had to do the income producing activities, right? He's talking about you sending the examples. I remember Alan sitting there just cranking out these invites, follow-up with his prospects while we're working together. So if, hey, if you need that consistency, Right, I highly recommend you check out BYOB. Go to BYOBworkshop.com. Because like Alan says, income comes from action. 
Income doesn't come from learning, listening to this podcast. It comes from action. So you need to take action, right? And anything you achieve, if you have the vision, you believe it and you see it, you will achieve it. So great stuff there. And you just have to get started because you can always adapt and change. He talked about the traditional methods of uh, meeting the relationship that keeps retention, gives you referrals. Uh, talk about clam, you know, or cram, comment, react, react, add message, how to meet unlimited prospects online. And um, the importance of consistency, right? Reflection and you got to take action. Anyway, great show from Alan Fu. Make sure you go to the ML Nation show notes page, connect with them, and uh, take action. ML Nation, now it's over to you. Remember, we're in the profession to help others. You got to take action, make an impact. Go out there, have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.